welcome to the Zoe Health Podcast, a conversation where we explore topics that affect women's health and wellness and matter to you. I'm your host, Dr. Nontlantlas Tole, co-founder of Zoe Health, your all-in-one women's health and wellness platform. We love hearing from you and interacting with you, so please join the conversation in our community chat to let us know what your views are or to share your own stories about the topic we'll be covering today. For more information, please visit www.zoehealth.com. Zoe is spelled Z-O-I-E. We hope you love listening to the podcast. Please remember, any information we share here is not a substitute for a consultation with a qualified health professional. So make sure you book your next consult soon. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us and welcome back to part two of our conversation with clinical psychologist Umpile Sibitlwane. We're talking about how to care for your mental health in the midst of uncertainty. And we ended the first part of our conversation with how we can identify the warning signs that our mental health is at risk. Let's continue. There are obviously some benefits to accepting and not running away from uncertainty. Many of us, I think in this time, we learned new skills. We we did new things we never thought we would do. We became creative. People went, started cooking in our in their homes. People started gardening, started doing different things they never thought they would do. And that's the part of embracing uncertainty and living in the moment by not resisting, but just saying, how do I then cope with what I'm dealing with right now? And the last one there says the root of suffering is resisting the creativity that no matter what the circumstances, uncertainty is all we truly have. And um, I made an example, for example, just this, a simple example of every day when we live home. It's a risk. It's, a, it's an act of uncertainty, but we have gotten to normalize it. If we would be able to do that with some of the things, and I know, as I said, some of these things are easier said than done. Umpile, let's talk about being able to recognize when your mental health is at risk or when it's heading in the direction we don't want it to along the continuum you mentioned earlier. Um, as we go through the list, you can, and I'm just going to quickly go through it without explaining it. Um, you can perhaps try and identify yourself where you may be. Um, there's heightened levels of tension, irritability, frustration, even over insignificant matters, that frustration and irritability, and sometimes we take it out on those close to us. So if you find yourself, maybe you're snapping more than you often would be, and and you've got not just that, but a number of other uh, indicators here, then you can actually take a self-assessment and try and identify where you are and what you need to work on in order to improve. Increase fear, and anxiety and apprehension, feelings of sadness, hopelessness and loneliness, loss of interest in life in general or in things that you once enjoyed. Changes in normal life activities, like if you're now oversleeping or you're not able to sleep, suddenly you are overeating or you're not eating healthy. Those are some of the things that can indicate to you that maybe you're using that as a coping mechanism. New unexplained problems like increased rate of headaches, back pain, um, and all this may also be symptoms that you're not doing very well, 
or maybe that you are anxious or maybe bordering on depression as well. Confused thinking or changes in personality, things that you're doing things that are out of character for yourself, or even slight things, changes like um, if you're normally a very patient person, now you suddenly don't um, have tolerance for a lot of things and become very impatient. And this was social withdrawal. Yes, right now we have been forced into social withdrawal, but if you're withdrawing even virtually from friends and from other activities that would bring joy to you, that can be a sign of concern. And increased use of substance like alcohol or overuse of medication, and even experimenting with drugs. This time of, of uncertainty can push some people to really do things that they normally would not do. So I hope this is not exhaustive, but these are just some of the signs. If you see yourself there, there might be a call to action and you might be able to identify as we go along in terms of coping where you might want to focus your your efforts at improving. So when we start to recognize some of these things you mentioned in ourselves, what's the intervention? How do we help ourselves? How do we start to cope? So how do we cope with all this uncertainty that's happening around us, with all these symptoms that we are experiencing as a result of all the changes that we've been going through? Um, I always say the best thing is to really take a holistic approach to taking care of yourself. And it might be that, yes, you are possibly more need, uh, you've got a need to address or to focus in one or two more two areas more than others, but it's always a good thing to have a dipstick of the overall areas of your life, which include your physical, your mental, your spiritual, relational, financial, and professional lives. And you will find, you will notice that all of these, as much as they look like compartments on this pie chart, they are not necessarily compartments and separate like that. There is a whole lot of interdependency amongst them. Your physical health, for example, as we talked earlier on, can affect your mental health. Your professional life, or the extent to which you are satisfied or not satisfied, they can affect your mental health, can affect your relational uh, health as well, um, your financial health. So all these areas, they are interrelated. And the good thing is that in that interrelation, sometimes change in one area, a positive change in one area will also affect a, posit a positive reaction on the others. So let's look at the different areas respectively in terms of how to how you can cope and what you need to do in the various uh, areas of self-care. And why we look at it from a self-care perspective is to make sure that it, it is centered there in, in, in taking care of yourself because mental health care, as, as I said, there's that interrelation with all the other aspects of your life. Okay, great. So our physical and mental self-care are both equally important and dependent on one another. Let's break down each of those. So let's start with the physical part of it. I have mentioned before that many of these things 
They are not rocket science. They are not new. You've heard this before. You've seen it before. You've practiced it, and maybe you are currently practicing it. This is to to encourage you, if you are already doing it, to say that you're on the right track. And if it's an area of your life that you were neglecting, it's a call to action. So as I'm going through each of the areas, you can ask yourself two questions, actually. You can ask yourself the first question of how well am I doing in this area? And if your answer is I'm not doing so well, then the next question is, you can have two answers to that. You could be doing well, you could be somewhere in the middle, or you could be not doing well. Three, three answers, rather. So the next question is, if you are not doing well, how concerned about are you about that particular area? So if you are very concerned, it's a definite call to action. So if you are not doing well and you're very concerned, it's a call to action. If you're in the middle, there might be room to improve. And if you're doing well, give yourself a pat on the shoulder. So on the physical aspect, we know these things. We need to eat healthy, balanced diet, exercise regularly, get sufficient rest and sleep, um, take care of our bodies as in the medical health aspects of it or the mental health aspects of it. If you are on chronic medication, make sure that you do take that as prescribed, um, limit alcohol, practice good hygiene. I think these are very basic. I won't elaborate too much on that. And on the mental side of it? On the mental side of it, um, I always use the prayer of serenity. And I think that's a universal prayer. It doesn't matter which faith you belong to. It's a simple prayer. I think we are all familiar with it. Um, it's a prayer that says, God, give me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change and give me the courage to change the things that I can and lastly, the wisdom to know the difference. I call that the funnel because you can actually spare yourself a lot of stress if you are able to distinguish, if you have that wisdom to distinguish, is this something I should be really fussing about and be worrying about or is this something I need to Accept to accept doesn't mean you just accept and go along. Accept could mean yes, I accept it, but it means that I, I change certain things. It's cold outside, I can't change the fact that it's cold, so I change myself, I put on a coat to feel warm. So acceptance is not um, a, just a general thing that that says you accept and you you give in or you give up. Then the courage to change what you can. And this is where most of us, where we can, for those, especially for those who like to take charge and like to feel like you're in control. In every situation, if you can identify that which is in your power to change and to actually take action to change it. And taking action means you come up with a with a with a plan, you implement the plan. And you follow through. It's like, you know, when you are physically sick, if you go to a doctor and you come back with a prescription, your prescription medication, 
already there's a there's a there's a mental message there's a message that goes to your brain that that says things are gonna be all right you you start taking the medication but you're not there yet you're not healed yet by starting to take the medication but the fact that you've taken an action and you don't have the outcome yet but the mind gets settled because the message it gets is you're doing something you haven't neglected the the, the, the situation you are not running away from it. You haven't taken that flight uh, response and you are not frozen. So you're doing something, you're feeling in control. So where you do have the power to change something, take action, do it. It, it will settle your mind. It will calm your nerves down. Um, I talked earlier on that we, we we talk about the, the link between thought, feelings, and behavior, or your cognitions, your emotions, and your behavior. And this is really the, the, the basis of the cognitive emotional therapy uh, approach in, in psychology, that there is that definite link between what you think and how, what you feel and how you behave. So how do we take control over our thoughts, over what we think, and the story we tell ourselves about ourselves? So following from this, if we could then address our thoughts, because it first starts with the thought. If we could address the thought and develop and consciously be involved in a process of intentionally living a positive life or intentional positive living we could lessen the stresses that we we, we we put ourselves through in life because sometimes our thoughts can exaggerate things our thoughts can lead us into negativity and we can find ourselves focusing more on negative thoughts which really weaken our mental health instead of giving us strength and resilience and you know the, the the saying that we are the authors of our own life scripts it, and it starts from there that through our thoughts whatever we think we we create our lives we create the reality that we live with and in that spirit you can change the narrative of your story into a positive one by focusing on or paying attention to the type of thoughts that you that you entertain in your mind. So if you take that responsibility of positively living, or I mean, uh, consciously living positively, catching yourself, try and catch yourself in any situation, catch yourself in negativity, and right there and then make it a conscious effort to change that narrative, the story you are telling yourself in your mind that's negative, that, that is bringing up that negative reaction, that fear, that anxiety. Catch yourself doing that and just ask yourself, for example, that there are some questions I always say you can go through to try and really put things into perspective. Firstly, you can question your thought, well, how real is this thought really? Where does it come from? What evidence do I have that this thing that I'm thinking is going to happen will happen for sure? Yes, there's always a possibility that it might, but most of the time you'll find that 
The possibility is so little, but we've, we've amplified it and made it so big. So how real is your thought? The second thing to deal with that fear is to then ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? Because if you can deal with the worst that could happen, you accept that the worst that could happen can happen, yes. By just that acceptance, we are killing that fear. But then we go a step further to say, is there something I can do to prevent the, the worst from happening? And that's where you can then gain that sense of control to say, if I can do something about it, I may not have total control of what the outcome will be, but let me influence the process and still be open to whatever outcome that happens, which is that part of being able to live with certainty, uncertainty rather. And then to, to turn that negative thinking into a more positive thought, we go into what's the best thing that could happen. And that's where we want to focus our energy. The best thing that could happen if this was, to, if, if I was to do one, two, three, the best thing that could happen is this. And what, do, what could I do to influence the process so that the best thing could happen? And you embark on that process with all your energy. You focus on that posi the positive things and the possibility of good things coming out. And you'll see how creative you can be also, even in terms of asking yourself what you could do to influence the best to come to pass. And lastly, then, also you can ask yourself, you know, if my friend, my best friend was in this situation and I was advising them, what would I tell them? And often when you take yourself out, out of the situation, you can see how irrational our fears sometimes can be. And that's why that question can become relevant. That's such great advice, Mpile. It reminds me of the verse that says, as you think, so you are. So uh, what are some of the things we can do to build resilience when dealing with times of uncertainty? Just some of the things you can also do to build your resilience when dealing with times of uncertainty. Reflect on your past successes, your skills that you've learned at the time, and how you can then perhaps apply that and how that can be useful to you in the now. And sometimes we've gone through some, some, some traumas, we've gone through difficult situations, and maybe sometimes we've gone through them without even thinking. We, we overcame and life went on. We never reflected. But sometimes it takes some time just to reflect. Maybe it was not even intentional that I went through that successfully and I didn't break down. But now when I look back at it, what skills did I apply? What could I learn which I can now use today? And some of the other things we can do um, to help ourselves um, and take care of our mental health is to do mindful exercises and relaxation exercises. And if you go on the media, there's a lot of things that are available. There are audios on YouTube. You can choose actually the, the author that you like, that you resonate with in terms of their own belief systems that are all from different um, uh, philosophies. So you can go with the one that you feel comfortable with. And some, some of them are short, some of them are long. 
I always say, try and listen to their short mindful exercise, mindfulness exercises, try and practice that because that's something you can learn to also do like during the day when you are alone without even listening to the, to the audio. When you feel overwhelmed, you can just take some time, do those breathing exercises, bring your mind from wherever it may be and be present with yourself. And you can have the, the longer ones, the longer uh, audios, you can use those maybe before you go to bed, just to relax you and to unwind you as well. The last aspect there is, is just self-compassion. Self-compassion is one of the components of self-care. It's really about loving yourself. And part of that involves acknowledging your emotions and finding a positive outlet for them. You know, when we have certain, when you have emotions, especially negative emotions, and we don't express them, they build up inside, and it's like a pressure cooker that's, you know, is getting hotter and hotter, and one day then it just explodes. So if we find some way of um, letting out our emotions, we can talk to a trusted friend. You can start journaling or writing down your your emotions. Um, some people don't like writing, so they can even you can even record yourself with today's phones that can do everything. You can even speak them aloud, record yourself, and 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 in that you'll find that as you express yourself, sometimes you also find some way, some insights in yourself, which are which which is far more prizier than when you're just thinking certain things and they are just turning and churning in your mind. So do that, forgive yourself. We often are so kind, we find it easy to forgive others, but we're too hard on ourselves. Try and be more, um, try and be more kind to yourself, give yourself a hug. And by that, it, a hug can mean anything, anything that is just about you can be a nice warm bath. Even if it's just 15 minutes long, there you are there with yourself, you're just soothing yourself. Or even just a physical hug can also do. So look after your mind. One of my favorite things is getting into a warm bath and just relaxing. It often feels like the water's washing all my cares away. But I'm definitely gonna start hugging myself and speaking affirming things to myself. Um, and for me, spirituality is really important. I find that's also one of my cornerstones. I, I went a little bit more on the mental health, hoping that you get more, but there's also the spiritual, and I won't explain more on this for the sake of time. On the on the other aspect, I'll just read through. Uh, on the spiritual side, obviously, we need to cultivate that spiritual connection with the higher deity that we may be, believe in. Through prayers, listening to uplifting spiritual media, songs, sermons, or uh, these days, thank God for technology. And now we have learned through COVID, amidst all the pain that it has come with, there are also positives in it that we can now have uh, meetings, uh, virtual meetings with, 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 with other believers. Practice gratitude. 
Get a gratitude journal every day. Put something you are grateful for because there are so many things that can help you actually um, inculcate that positivity and, and always looking on the bright side of life. The more you begin to focus more on things that work rather than on things that don't work. Uh, practice meditation. And if you don't even know where to start, thank God for the internet as well. You can just start with something that's developed by somebody and get to a point where you can do your own medication, meditation at some point. And also turn your spirituality outwards, serve or help others to make the world a better place. When you serve others, you get that sense of purpose and fulfillment somehow. And that can also help you and boost your, you know, the spiritual part of it also boosts your mental health. It actually kind of aligns. It's, it's, for me, I say it's the foundation of all of this because they say we were spirits anyway before we became physical human beings. So the spiritual part, if, if you can nurture your spirituality, that becomes a firm foundation for all the other aspects of your life because it will permeate through all of them. Um, and when it comes to relating with other people, what's your advice for how we cope with our relationships? Relationally, we are relational beings. So it's very important that we take care of our relationships, even in the midst of this uncertainty. And part of it requires that we set healthy boundaries. Our yes must be yes and our no must be no. Um, we need to keep in touch with loved ones or friends Yes, COVID, because of the lockdown, we may not see each other that often, but let's video call, let's see each other's faces. There's nothing more pricier than a face, seeing the facial expression of somebody when you're talking to them. Also, equally important, avoid toxic company. You know there are people in your life that when you've spoken to them, your energy is drained or you just walk away from that conversation being negative. And if you have identified people like that in your life, when you are at your own, you are building your own reserves yourself, you just want to avoid those people. And yes, social media is out there. Anybody has access to it, but you've got to discern what is appropriate, what is useful and what is beneficial for you. Not everything out there is for your consumption or for your edification, and you need to know the difference. If something um, exacerbates your anxiety, rather keep away from such media. In dealing with others, be slow to judge and be quick to forgive. And yeah, I think that's very important. Learn empathy when you're dealing with others. And this can extend not just to our people out there, starting the whole. Just looking out for your partner, your ch your children, your helper. How do you if you look at them? How do you think they are doing? Are they coping? And and just being there and offering help and offering yourself to to support where there's need for support. Join edifying social clubs. A whole lot of social clubs uh, grew. Uh, with, with the COVID situation, for example, I saw a lot of book clubs being formed, virtual book clubs. Um, when the lockdown was eased, there was a lot of um, hiking clubs that were formed. Just things that really will 
add value to that aspect of your life, you can focus on. Amphilia, the workplace, especially since the pandemic, has also not been an easy one to navigate with virtual meetings and not getting that human connection that we're used to. And professionally, this is one of the key ones because of the changes. A lot of people, I know somebody who said to me, Mpile, I haven't been to the office for the past 18 months. Since lockdown, the offices have been under lockdown. There are people who go to the office at least get to print or do some things. Some other people don't even get to go to the office. But through this virtual work, let's show up when we are required and let's show up fully present. Fulfill your, on your deliverables. Know that you are in a contract and the contract is mutual, especially in these trying times. Companies are reeling as much as we as individuals are reeling. So try and be the best and do the best that you can professionally. And if there, are if there are challenges, you've got to be very honest and open with your boss and, and communicate those challenges. And no, I know this one is easier said than done, but people do it and people are respected because they can draw boundaries and communicate them. The boundary of I work until five and then I have family responsibility after five. Because after all, when we're in offices at five, if I stayed, it would be a voluntary stay. If I had to go and face my child at five, I was going to face my child. So when family times come, it's important that we draw those boundaries and communicate them. Establish a balanced work-life routine. Routine is important just to give yourself predictability. We are dealing, we are talking about uncertainty. So part of how we deal with that uncertainty is giving ourselves or developing some routine for ourselves, which can help both ourselves, our, our bosses and our families um, have an understanding of, okay, mom is available or dad is available at this time, they are not available at that time. And, and so it, it, it can create some order or can bring some order. Do something to improve your professional skills. And just to go back a little bit, maybe on that work-life balance, that you know, at I don't know how you do it in your in your work in, in your homes when you're working from home, but part of that routine involves certain structural changes, which some of us have the luxury of, some of us don't. Some people have got studies in their homes and so can have dedicated space where to work. Some people don't. But even if you don't have that space, look for a corner that you can say, this is now mom or dad's working space, that your children also, part of communicating those boundaries, they know that we don't play with within mom's space of work and so on, that you can teach them also for when you are in that space in a specific time when you are listening, when you are tuning into meetings, that is time for work and not for play. And when you do take, and that's why it's important when it's the family time that you then tell the work people it's family time. So it, 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 it depends on your assertiveness really and your ability to draw those boundaries and communicate them very assertively. 
Thank you so much, Mpile. This has been very helpful and insightful. Just as a last question and for your closing remarks, what about those who are in an immediately dire situation? What can they do? As I said, go through each and every area. And if you have seen a place where you think perhaps you need to focus on, try and focus on that area. And just going back to this, keep it simple, realistic, achievable. And there's a point I actually wanted to emphasize here that you don't need to tackle everything at the same time. You don't have to tackle everything at the same time. You can just prioritize and some small little action will lead to positive spin-offs into all the other, into some of the other areas, if not all the areas. And it can give you that good feel um, that you are in control. But if you are not coping, talk to someone, seek professional help, and professional help comes in many forms. There's medical help, there's uh, psychological help, there's financial help, there's spiritual help. You can go to your pastor. So make use of the professionals that are available out there that can assist you in any particular area where you are not coping well. And with that, I thank you. You can just read more um, quotes on dealing with uncertainty. Umpile, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. And to you, the listener, we hope that you found today's podcast insightful, informative and helpful. And if you're in need of mental health support or if you know someone who is, please go onto our website, www.zoehealth.com, where you'll find resources, access to our community chat forum, as well as the ability to book with a mental health expert. All of this can be done on our website. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please visit our website www.zoehealth.com to share and rate this podcast and to access more content and resources like this. Join us on our next episode as we bring you more of the women's health and wellness topics that matter to you.